The following is a hoop ball presentation. Thank you for joining me today. My name is Lawrence Brooks, and you are listening to the Hoop Ball Mavericks podcast. Ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for my betting tips. I always get asked, who you got, Lakers or Clippers, Brady or Mahomes? And I'll tell you what I tell them. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. That's why I tell people to bet with my bookie. My bookie's rep is rock solid, and they've got the best odds, contests, and promotions in the business. There's only one place I trust to handle my NBA-related bets. The one sports book guaranteed to give me the best lines for the Super Bowl, games in between, playoffs, you name it. And you know me. I don't give my stamp of approval easily. To earn it, you've got to be the best at what you do. And my bookie is the best sports book out there, period. It's simple. Sign up, enter promo code HOOPBALL, and get your deposit matched halfway up to 1000 bucks. Head over to my bookie if you want to add a little excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Bet with the best. Bet with my bookie. Again, thank you for joining. This is the Hoop Ball Mavericks podcast. I am your host, Lawrence Brooks. It's been a second. It was a crazy week. Had a migraine in between. Had some work things going on. But we are back. And let me start by saying this. If you all have been following me, I have... I have constantly said we need to preach patience or I have been preaching patience about the Dallas Mavericks. As we all know, they've been hit the hardest in the league by COVID. They were dropping games left and right. Things weren't looking good at all. But through it all, I always remain optimistic and saying this team just needs to get time together, get back on the court, get into a rhythm. Having so much time off with so many key contributors was the biggest reason for them looking the way they did. And what do you know? They go on a four-game winning streak out of nowhere. All is well. Everyone's happy. No one wants to see anyone traded anymore. Funny how that works when you win. Everyone feels like things are okay, even though there will always be complaints and things to talk about. (laughs) But nonetheless, the Mavericks have shown that they can win games as they've gotten healthier and more in a rhythm as a team. So I've been happy about what they've looked like just in terms of uh, competitive spirit, um, what they want to do offensively. Defensively hasn't necessarily been the best, but we'll get to that in a minute. I want to lead with love (laughs) with the fact that the Mavericks have been looking a lot better now that they are all together and they're able to play games night in and night out with the full complement of players. And And the person who has been leading this charge, first and foremost, is Luka Doncic. I mean, I've I've run out of stuff to say about Luca, but when you're on a historic pace, it still needs to be mentioned. And for Luca, I mean, in the last three games alone, he is accounted for and had a hand in almost 52 percent of the Mavs total scoring, um, a record of about 118 points himself and 32 assists that those 32 assists have counted for an additional 78 more points. And overall, it's a historic run, and it's the best offensive run by a player in Mavs history. And that says a lot, considering the king of Dallas Mavericks, Dirk Nowitzki, he didn't even um, accomplish something of this feat. So 
Luca has been otherworldly these last three games, and even most notably these last two, where he shot the ball much better from the three-point line, and that has just seemed to put his offensive production in overdrive. I mean, the game against the 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 previous game they played against New Orleans was a complete shootout. Defense seemed to be optional. <laughs> I, I will say that. But they but they came to play. And what I liked about that game is, is that they were intentional in what they were doing offensively. And Luka was spearheading everything. I mean, he just couldn't do any wrong. He was making almost every shot. I mean, he was 17 for 30 overall and was 5 of 8 from the three-point line, 62%, which is extremely high for a guy who's shooting the ball at the volume he is. And not to mention overall for the season, hovering around 30% from three. So that was a big, big boost for them as a team and for him in general because he just hasn't shot the ball well from three. But he's been shooting it a little better of late. So hopefully that's a sign of things to come. Overall, as a team against New Orleans, they shot the ball 55% from three-point line. And if they can get it up, if they can get to start shooting the ball around 41 42% from three, that would be ideal for them to continue winning games because right now they're not defending a lick. And so when you're not defending well, you have to do something. Your offense has to be your defense, so to speak. So I hope to see them get better defensively. But if not, some of the positives to take away is that Dorian Finney-Smith is shooting the ball better. Luca is shooting the ball better. And Porzingis has been shooting the ball. You know, he's been hot and he hasn't been and he's been cold. But overall, he's been decent from the three-point line, and he's actually stabilized their offense because as the trail three-point man, and when they run that pick-and-pop set, it's easy for him to get straight-ahead looks, and those are usually money for him. He's not knocking him down at an elite rate, but it's at such a rate that it keeps the floor spread and it opens up options for other guys to get looks as well. Um, But as we talk about yesterday's game, I... You know, I feel like I'm so happy about the way they've looked offensively because they've they've made some strides. And I, I mean, I don't want to say so. I say so happy because it looked so bad early. So right now I'm ecstatic about how they've looked, but they have to get back to defending or just get to defending. And something that I didn't understand about especially this Portland game in particular, which was very, very winnable is the way they defended Dame Lillard. I mean, you went and got Josh Richardson in to be a to be one of your premier defenders and someone who was going to take nightly responsibility for premium matchups. This would have been Damian Lillard, but a majority of the night they had Dorian Finney-Smith on him. And Dorian Finney-Smith doesn't necessarily he doesn't necessarily move his feet as well as Josh Richardson. Josh Richardson is a is a better athlete. He has more agility and he has more lateral quickness than Dorian Finney-Smith. So why would you not put him on Damian Lillard? And so again, Rick Carlisle, he has forgotten more basketball than I'll ever even know. But I would love to I would love to hear his reasoning behind an assignment like that because you would think that Josh Smith would be on a guy like that and be able to cause him some problems because he can match up with Damian Lillard from a quickness standpoint. Obviously, Damian Lillard is one of the best guards we've ever seen. But at the same token, you want to you want to fight fire with fire and put your best 
defensively capable guys on someone like that and let the chips fall where they may. But I feel like Dorian Finney-Smith wasn't the best assignment for that game. And so while the game was tit for tat to start, I mean, even the Mavericks came out and shot the ball really well. They were probably they were like six for six or eleven for the from the three point line to start the game, but in the third quarter it was much like they did last year, which is get blown off the floor and they gave up forty five points in the in the Trailblazers had eight threes. Next thing you know, the Mavs are down twelve. So that leads me to how I want to talk about the defense. I don't know what they need to do from here. Well, first of all. Defending a, a a dominant three point or predominantly three point shooting team like the Blazers, where your pick and roll coverage is your the guy guys are dropping into coverage and not coming up to pick up the guy. I know some of that might be attributed to foot speed, so you're trying to contain. But if you're giving up threes and wide open looking threes coming off of screens, that's just as bad as layups. And threes are worse than twos. So if you're going to give up anything, give up things inside the three-point line and not outside the three-point line. And and for as for as well as or as for as much effort as Luka's given defensively and for as much effort as it seems, you know, other guys are given defensively, it doesn't help you if your scheme doesn't seem to kind of cater to what you may be able to do best, which is utilize all your versatility because you have quickness and you have length on the perimeter now, use some more of those guys to push up on the screen, force these guys to make a play in the lane and not just come off of screens and see wide open three-point shots because that's exactly what they want. And so Porzingis, he when I watch when I watch these games, I see a guy who doesn't have much foot speed and then we don't defend the paint that well as a team, so we're not defending the paint. We're not protecting the rim and we're giving up open looks. So we have to decide what are we what are we taking away? And right now they don't seem to be taking away anything definitively because when you know there's something you can take away, you know what you're leaving open and you can react quicker. So if you know that you're pushing up on screens and you know you're blitzing screens to get the ball out of someone's hands or force them to to make a play inside the, the three point line, you know that you're gonna you know you're rotating for help. But if you're drop, but if you're playing drop coverage and guys are just able to come off and see what they want to see, you're just kind of in no man's land. You're not really defending anybody, and you're just kind of in a space. And for Porzingis, who doesn't move that well to begin with, it seems like he's hunting blocks, and that's not that's not working either because he's not quick enough to recover. And not and that's not to say that he would recover on Damian Lillard anyway. So. For me, I would love to see them try to do different things because as of right now, since mid-January, they have been last in defensive rating. And if they're going to try to, because again, these games are more magnified for them because they're so far back in the standings. They've moved up to ninth now because of their winning streak. And, and like we mentioned before, because of the because of the closeness of the team 7 through 11 or even 12, you can move up in the standings pretty quick. But for the Mavericks, who are on the outside looking in right now, every game is almost a must win. So when you have these hiccups or you have these games that are very winnable, but then you do things that prevent you from winning because it's just simply an execution problem, that can be, you know, that can be problematic moving forward because those, again, 
those game those are games you can look back on and be like what were we doing we should have won that game and so when you take the last shot of this game in particular even rick carlisle came out and said we talked about what we wanted to do defensively in the huddle when we got out on the floor we were calling out our we were calling out our coverage and we still managed to not execute which as a result gave damian lillard a wide open three at the top of the key from 32 feet out and it was splash and when i watched the play it's there's no way you give damian lillard that look for a guy who has routinely routinely made this shot i mean there's no other way around it that's inexcusable especially with the game tied and you give up that look if nothing else you have to get the ball out of his hands and force someone else to make a shot but you can't give him a walk-in three-pointer at the top of the key that's a layup for him and when i saw that he made that shot literally the play right before that dorian finney smith had (laughs) had made a three and i was and i said big shot for dorian but literally right before i couldn't even send the tweet fast enough for it to immediately come back down and damian lillard makes it makes the next shot so I just, you know, I I like what the Mavericks are doing, but they have to get better defensively. And I don't know where they go from here because it's really just a personnel issue. And Maxi Kleba, I understand that he's still finding his footing as he's coming back from COVID, but he hasn't moved as well as we've seen either. And so you have Maxi Kleba and Porzingis as your two, as two guys that are being relied upon defensively are basically unreliable right now. And for Porzingis, who doesn't have a lot of foot speed to begin with, he he's not a guy you're having sit in the paint and defend the rim. And then he's also not great in pick and roll situations, and teams are hunting him down left and right. So I don't know what the what the idea. I for me, I think the best thing to do it would be to blitz screens and then scramble, because when you play drop coverage and and then you have Porzingis just kind of in no man's land. You're just giving up open shots and you're not taking away anything. So at least if you can take away something, it forces teams to do other things. And I think that's something that they have to focus on moving forward. But as we talk about the offense as well, I think they've been on a good pace. And they've been, I mean, even the game before where they played New Orleans, they shot the, that was the best they've shot the ball all year from the three-point line. They won't shoot it like that. They might not shoot it like that again, either one or two more times the rest of the year, shooting 55% from three, and they made 25 threes. But I think that if they can somehow get up to 42%, that would be ideal. I don't know how they do that. Obviously, their their roster isn't changing anytime soon. But some of the things that I've, I've liked Dorian Finney-Smith, he's coming around. His, his jumper has been on of late. Um, he's about 16 for 32, something close to there within the last like eight games from three and then you have you have Jalen Brunson who across the board is just playing really really well for them he's settled into a really good role it seems like he thrives best next to Luka as a secondary ball handler and playmaker and he has actually been kind of um, a spark plug for them so to speak offensively and he really helps them to continue staying efficient especially late in games when they need someone else that can make a play he has shot the ball well from three Um, he's shooting it pretty well from the field in general around 52 percent so if he can keep that up and he's a knockdown free throw shooter 
somewhere around 90%. So if he can continue doing that, that's a great look. You're always going to get the hot and cold Tim Hardaway Jr., but they could use a little more from Josh Richardson as well. I mean, he hasn't shot the ball from three-point as well as I thought he would this season, but there's still time. He can still heat up. He can still find his way. And hopefully he does because they'll need it. And especially if they're not gonna if they're not gonna improve much defensively, they'll need to keep it up offensively. And just as they shot a career best or or a season's best fifty five percent against the Pelicans, they turned right around last game and shot thirty four percent. Only hit fourteen of forty one threes, and that was pretty much the ball game. I mean, they lost by three, but if they can again, if they can get that up to forty percent, this game is over. They win the game. So it's just frustrating to see that they're so close to being something better than what they have been. Obviously, again, with COVID, it's such a redundant thing to say. But at the same time, them shooting the ball as bad as they have been is going to continue being a problem. Because if you're not defending at a high rate and you're not knocking down three-pointers at a high rate for an offense that is predicated on knocking down three-point shots, it's going to be an issue. So... I would love to see them get better at that. They barely lost the, the the rebounding game, which has also been an issue for them. They lost 35-36. But again, these are all things. And I don't know what the personnel issue would be or how it can be fixed. Because again, they've brought in a bunch of complimentary guys. And those aren't necessarily tradable assets. Those are guys that you bring in that you've invested in for the year. And the only way to really make some real turnaround here is if you consider moving Porzingis. But I like Porzingis. I think he I, I think what he brings offensively is great. It's not always consistent. But defensively, for a guy who's 7'3, he's not giving much protection at the rim, and he is a liability on the perimeter. So I don't know what coverage um they have to start playing to be better at that but teams are hunting him down every night and it's putting so much stress on the defense and putting them in problematic situations that i don't know if they can sustain that and still move up in the standings based on where they are right now so i'm hoping that they can turn it around somehow because they will need to if they want to win more games um and last night was just, last night was a heartbreaker because that was a very winnable game and they should have won that game. That third quarter is basically what did it for them when they gave up 45 points. They had they had a command on this game and even if it gets closer in the fourth quarter, you can't do a you can't have a quarter like that where the game pretty much flips in the other team's direction and now you're down by double digits and you're fighting an uphill battle for a team that doesn't shoot the ball well. Last year, one of their one of their best assets was even when they were down, they could shoot their ways back, their way back into games. Right now when they're down, they don't shoot themselves back into games very well. And so that leaves them struggling and trying to find a way and then you have to give the ball to Luka and it turns into just the Luka fest which can wear a, a player down as the season goes along. And I know he's young, but when you take a, a lot of bumps and bruises and, and, and the pounding he does, that can start to wear on a guy and it can start to cause even more problems down the stretch because now you're even more limited to what you can do. So I'm hoping that, you know, they can string together another four-game winning streak because this team is still good. They still have some good things going for them, but they they can't be dead last in defensive rating moving forward. And they have to find a way to knock down shots more consistently because, again, they went from shooting 55% against the Pelicans to literally turning around against the Blazers and shooting 34%. That won't work. They got to consistently stay in the high 30s 
uh, low 40s just to be competitive on a nightly basis, in my opinion, because shooting the ball is what they what they've come to be. And, and even last year, that that's what they did. They shot the basketball, but they're not shooting the basketball well. And that's the equivalent of a, of a team that wants to run the football, but they can't run the football well. So what good are you if you can't do what you normally are accustomed to doing? So the Mavericks next game is Wednesday against Detroit. Very winnable game, should win the game. Detroit has beaten all the teams that are in the playoffs right now and none of the other teams. So maybe this works in the Mavericks' favor, but this should be a winnable game and they should come out ready to play because I know they felt like this one got away from them. And again, all of these are must-wins, so they need this. They need to get this next one against Detroit. They play Detroit at 6 p.m. Pacific time on Wednesday, and we will be back to talk about that one. So thank you guys for joining. Again, please go subscribe, download the podcast on all streaming platforms. My name is Lawrence Brooks. I am the host of the Hootball Mavericks podcast. Um, Catch us on Twitter at LBSaidIt. That's L-B-S-A-I-D-I-T. And also at Hootball Mavs, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-M-A-V-S. Thank you again. Hope you guys had a great weekend, a great Valentine's Day, and I will speak to you soon. Go Mavs. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.